Someone asked me recently, what is the coolest part of my job as CEO at Clear Motor Market? I said, well, that's easy. The fact that every day I get to dig into our clients' businesses to learn not only what makes it tick, but what we can do as their partner to deliver the marketing that truly matters to their business. It's like being in a living, breathing case study every day. And for that, I am truly blessed. Hello, Collisions YYC listeners. It's with an overwhelming sense of pride that I wanted to share with you that the marketing agency that I had the pleasure of co-founding and leading is turning 15 years old. Yes, Clear Motive Marketing is 15. I wanted to shout out a huge thank you to all of our clients, past and present, as well as our vendors and all of the incredible team members we've worked with over the years to make this milestone possible. Check us out at clearmotive.ca to learn more about what we can do that matters to you. Hello and a warm collisions YYC. Welcome to my guest this morning, Ms. Kata Lemon. How are you, Kata? I am well, thank you. Thanks so much for coming on. I love it. Um, I'm a huge fan of you and what you do. So before <laughs> I go launch onto a big diatribe about that, you are president, co-owner at Redpoint Media Group. Yeah. So for anyone who might not know, and I'm going to be bold to say, I would guess most of my audience does, but what what's a Redpoint Media Group? We'll start there and we'll yeah. launch off into this great conversation. I, I think actually a lot of people don't know Redpoint. They know our brand. Mm, so touché. they know touché. Avenue Magazine, which is the pr- primary brand for our company. Um, so we've been publishing Avenue Magazine for almost 30 years now. Um, we also nice. recently acquired The Scene Magazine, which is Calgary's guide to going out. Um, and that's a monthly print publication. Um, and then some of our some of your listeners would probably be familiar with Spur Magazine, which we do on behalf of the Calgary Foundation, or Leap Magazine, which we do on behalf of the Alberta Cancer Foundation. We do a bunch of other smaller publications on behalf of brands and organizations around the city. Amazing. Let's 30 years of Avenue. When I first moved to Calgary, Avenue was probably the Avenue and impact were the two magazines that got on my radar. I was in the fitness industry and somehow Avenue was just such a representation. And as an outsider, I'm like, well, one day, (laughs) one day, maybe I'll make the top 40. And And I, my my plug, my (laughs) plug for the top 40. What I love about top 40, and I'll give a two seconds blurb on that is, um, I got nominated in 2008 and I didn't win. And being the entrepreneur and type A person I am, I like called around and finally got to talk to somebody at your organization. They said, you know, we don't normally give any, but they said, you know, yours was great. You just didn't have enough community involvement. And I was like, you know what? You're right. And so I give you not only uh, huge props for the magazine and, the, and the, the alumni that you've created on the top 40, but after that, I started my own uh, charity. I worked with Carlene Donnelly over at Cups. I got involved in the community. I didn't win because I didn't deserve to. And in 2012, when I came back and my same friend nominated me again, and I had filled in those blanks, of actually starting to become an active member of the community. So I really thank you and Avenue for kicking me in the ass and pointing <laughs> out those areas that I wasn't actually being a good Calcarian. So anyway, that's my two-bit uh, top 40 yeah. story. But not only did I win, you changed my direction. And I've been doing that charity now for, 50, this is 15 years I've been doing it. Oh, wow. And it was because Avenue didn't put me on the list. So I said, you know what? I'm going to try harder and do better. And I did. And you guys did. And anyways, there's my top 40 story. <laughs> so the whole city has benefited from that. So I think the thing is too, you know, it, it changes every year a little bit. We have different judges and, and they look for different things. But people ask me that all the time. How do I get onto the top 40 under 40? And I always say, it's really easy. You just have to impress me, right? That it's not <laughs> one. And what I mean by that, it's, you know, it's a flippant answer, but it's also that course, there's not awesome. one thing that everybody can do and it gets them on the list. There's no sort of formula for it, but it's that overall your contribution to life in this city has to be moving the needle, whether that's within your industry and your work and your career, or whether that's um, within your volunteer work, or whether that's sort of cumulatively, hey, you're doing a little bit here, and that's interesting, and you're doing a little bit here, and that's interesting. And together, you're a really interesting person who we are happy to highlight as being part of this city. But that's the thing is that essentially, they're, they're game changers. There's people who are not just, and this is the thing that's hard for a lot of people. There's a difference between doing a good job and doing a job to the next level, right? And the same thing where people are often like, mm-hmm. I have, I've, I've had a lot of career success and I've got this impressive job title and I should be on the list. And it's like, well, you got the impressive job title and then what did you do with it? How did you move the company forward? Uh, like How did you change the position? Right. And, and, you know, I think that in part, when I think about what does it mean to be the president of this company? What does it mean to be a co-owner of this company? Which is a recent role for me. How do I yeah, make 20, sure? 20, 2021. 
2021, just for time. Um, became the president of Redpoint in 2021, um, and then okay. co-owner this year. So um, my business oh, partner and I, amazing. Roger, to do it. Congrats on that. Thank That's you. Awesome. Yeah. So we just bought the company in February of 2023. Oh, that's. Oh, I love it. Yeah, I did. I knew that. I didn't know that. I didn't know. I didn't know the days. I love that. What it's great. You have the title, but what did you do with it? What did you? What you? If if you've risen to this place, how did you use that to leverage either impact the community, company, people around you? And that's what I do love about how many people have. And this isn't about top forty, so I'll, I'll pivot off this in a second. <laughs> how many people have been like? Cause I know alumni, and I know you guys have been doing a lot of reach out, and have been seeing some of that. How many people have actually been involved in that program? Do you have a number off the top of your head? Yeah, it's about a thousand. Um, okay, because nice. you know, this is the 25th anniversary year. Um, and so there have been duplicates, especially in the early years, they allowed duplicates. We don't do that anymore. Once you're a top 40, you're always a top 40. It's not like the top forties of the year. It's, it's, you're in, you're in. Um, but we also have, and this is always the thing that's a little bit challenging is that we, ha- we allow duos and trios. So groups where you're mm-hmm. like, this wasn't, this is a, this is a, a single success, but it's a success shared by two or three people, right? So for example, two people who start a company or two people who, you know, are the catalyst for change within an organization or where you get beyond three, it gets a little bit like, uh, this is hard to measure, but we do allow duos and trios because it, it just is a more realistic representation of what that success was. And it's not to take away from the individuals and say like, well, that person couldn't, didn't do it. They're not that great. Like, no, it's really great, but it's a shared success. Whereas there's some people where you're like, that is really an individual success. But for any of us who are, have been successful in certain pockets, we all know very seldom did we do it truly by no, ourselves. So and- I do like that. There was a whole bunch of people lifting me up to allow me to, 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 to go, look what I did. Well, I did it with a team. And anyways. Not yeah. And I, I don't think anybody yeah. can do it truly on their own. No. But there is that kind of separate um, of course. That piece. Mm-hmm. So I think that, you know, and that raises a really interesting point. One of the things that we've added in the last couple of years is a, a whole page that's just the top 40s thanking people. Because oh, it's like, cool. here's, I, 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 here's, I haven't seen that. Yeah, see that. it just kind of is another element because it doesn't necessarily fit organically into that little short profile of them. But it's really important for them to have a space to say, these are the people who made this success possible and to just recognize them. And it's kind of fun to you read through them. And it's just it's a wall of text. And it's just like this person and literally the answer that they gave us. We only edit for spelling. We don't try to massage them into the same format. And so some of them are just a list of 10 people. And some of them are like, I would like to thank my mom and my dad and my cat and my sister. Right. (laughs) And it's like, whatever. So whatever it is that they give us in response to who would you like to thank? We just put that in, in one page. And it's just, it's, it's kind of fun to read. I really like it. It is fun, and it just brings more people to the to the party. Um, Avenue Magazine, what's your distribution? And we're going to get yeah. into media and magazines, <laughs> and like to, for the audience, we're going to dive into this a little bit. What's the circulation of this, and where's that headed? Trending? Yeah. Like, give us a little bit of the nuts and bolts. Yeah. So, just to kind of weed out too some of the the lingo. So, circulation is the number of copies that are printed, and with some publications, okay. that fluctuates based on various factors. With Avenue, it's it's steady. So, we print. Currently, 45,000 copies of each issue of Avenue Magazine. And it's interesting because I recently, I'd never heard this before, but I recently heard that there's a rumor out there that, that well, we, they, may, they might not actually print that many. It's like, I would be delighted. Anybody who has any questions, <laughs> I would be delighted to share the the. I'm happy to show you the bills. I'm happy to connect you with our printer. There's an invoice somewhere with a line item that oh. says 45,000 times X, right? Yeah. And so <laughs> and that's, um, a he- that's a hefty number. I'm, I'm quite sure. Oh yeah. It's, it's hefty and it's, it's going up all the time. So the Avenue is 45,000 copies currently. When we switched to bi-monthly, okay. when we switched to six issues a year, we went up to 45,000 copies. We're really struggling right now. Um, to decide if we need more because those, the pickup rate, which is the number of copies that get taken off the newsstand is very, very high. So we consistently get um, questions where people are like, I can't find it, you know, by halfway through. Um, and this is a no cost. I'm, you can like, you can just pick it up just for anybody who happens so to is, randomly not know. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. this is a, this is a particular 
um, business model that's especially prevalent in Western Canada. So it's not as prevalent in the mm. East, um, but Western that's Canada, the business model has been that especially local publications. So you think of not just Avenue, but Culinaire, Impact, which you mentioned earlier, Calgary's Child, um, Saver, which which developed out of City Palette. So all of those publications you'll see around the scene as well, obviously, you'll see around at newsstands in coffee shops and restaurants and the farmer's market and, you know, specialty grocers and all of these different places, you'll see those free for pickup. Now with Avenue, we do have a growing subscriber base and we would encourage people to subscribe and help support the publication. Um, And that just guarantees that you get your copy delivered right to your house. We are seeing that our readers have changed a lot of their patterns um, since the pandemic. So they're not necessarily out every day at a coffee shop. They're not necessarily going as often even to the grocery store, right? They're getting groceries delivered, all sorts of different changes in their patterns of how they interact with the city. And so we are seeing a growth in subscriptions. The other thing there is that I think that people increasingly understand we need that direct reader support. We need to be able to make that argument to readers um, that they we need their financial support. Now, at the same time, the challenge there is we want as a business to continue to be able to make it free for those people who can't afford or or you know aren't familiar enough with the magazine to decide to commit to a subscription. Mm-hmm. We think it's really important that um, especially a city magazine be available for everybody and be available in the city out and around. Um, so that's it's an important challenge for us right now is finding the balance between needing reader revenue and growing reader revenue, but a continued commitment to ensuring that that information is available for free. Which is kind of the model. It's the sponsorship model. You go to an event, your ticket's $100 and there's a title sponsor. It's because of them that you got that for $100 or free, to your point. So really, you think about the local people that advertise or the local companies that advertise to allow that. I think sometimes that gets lost and be grateful and be very thankful for those advertisers because that's also why you get that publication or able to get it for free, especially yeah. at a local level. That's an interesting balance. Like, that's it. I'm 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 seeing the scales of balance there, and in, in my exactly. mind, exactly, of, of how that actually stays on the right side. And the business community has changed very much in Calgary, right? Mm-hmm. Like the the when Avenue started, um, there was a lot of business community money around. There were a lot of new businesses that needed to advertise and there wasn't yet social media. There was the internet, but it wasn't really doing that much. Like people had their, their web page and literally it was often a single page. Um, And so at that time there were fewer outlets and there was, a greater amount of money in the business community to spend on marketing. So that environment has changed. And now there is that part where we are supporting the business community by writing about local events and happenings and companies and restaurants and organizations. And again, it's finding, okay, who's going to support that and what's going to be the future business model. And you know, we're, we're working it out as we go. Are you seeing, I, I love that. It makes sense. There was more money available and there was less places to spend it. So the, the model could support itself in, in a bit of a different way. Are you seeing a trend in different businesses, like going back to print? And I always say that mm. a bit tongue oh, print's dead. I'm like, well, I'll argue. It's like <laughs> the media, whatever, there, it's more diluted, but also wherever your audience happens to be, that means it's relevant. So don't tell me that platform's dead or like, oh, yeah. my audience hangs out. My my audience is all going to be at the movie theater on Friday night. Well, I guess we better advertise at the movie theater. I was using that for fun. Yeah, no, I but think- But are you seeing a trend of companies experimenting with print again? Yes, printing with this media. For a number, uh, for a number of reasons. One is this piece yeah. about, hey, when you buy an ad in Avenue, you're not only buying access to the audience and marketing your product, you're supporting the city that you want to see. You're supporting a local publication that writes about not only your business, right? Because we are not the magazine where if you buy the ad, you get a story. You, you get a story because our editors are interested and think our readers are going to be interested. Um, and so when you advertise with Avenue, it really is not just an ad. It's a, a contribution to a social venture. So the work that we do is in and of itself a social good and a benefit to the city because we do write about those businesses and organizations 
that can't afford and probably some of them will probably never be able to afford to advertise because the main thing that we're trying to do is inform and connect Calgarians to the city. So it's a, you know, we're not doing what Google's doing. We're not doing what Facebook's doing. And those projects are, it's not this one's better and this one's worse. It's what is the investment that you want to make? And then the other part is about relationships. So a lot of our clients enjoy the relationship that they have with us and that they can call us up and say, hey, what's going on? I'm trying to solve this problem or I'm trying to connect with this people, this group of people. How can you help me do that? And we often have ideas about like, hey, this is the thing that you could do or this is the way to do it or, or you know, similar to what you've said where it's like, well, we're not writing about this because of this reason. Right. And sometimes those are hard. You know, you didn't get picked for top 40 because you need more charity work or whatever it might be. Right. That we for better or for worse, sometimes for our to our own detriment, we do say to organizations, we're not going to cover this for this reason. Well, the credibility factor, and as my business partner often says, our, our bullshit meters have never been better tuned than they are now. And if I read it, I'm like, this doesn't, and I turn the page and there's an ad and I read an article that doesn't fit, or it's clearly an advertorial that's written in a way that it's not even portrayed as such. I do think we're, we're all bitchated around that because we know we're getting influence. We know we're getting peddled ideas uh, that have been paid for. But we, as I much as our the, bullshit meters are strong, they're... It's more that we know there's bullshit out there. We're often <laughs> and all, it is It is really hard to tell. It is really hard to tell sometimes what's out no, there. Fair enough. And yeah, fair I enough. think that that's one of the things that we very closely guard is the trust uh, that we have with our readers. And, and for us, it really is about yeah. trusted storytelling. So building trust, in our view, is is two things. It's first and most obviously, tell the truth. But the second part of it, and this sometimes tell, gets... Tell, tell, tell no lies. Yeah, tell no lies. The second part that sometimes gets forgotten is the difference. Like we have different words for trust and truth, right? And the reason is that trust is built with relationship. And trust is, I not only believe that you're telling me something true, I believe that you're telling me that thing for my benefit, not for your benefit. And that's a subtle distinction, right? And so that plays into the things like an advertorial. Why are you telling me this? This may an advertorial may have true content in it, but you you break trust if you don't clearly label, hey, this is an ad. All of this information in here is true, but also it's being told to you to try to sell you something. And it and readers are sophisticated in the sense of it's not necessarily that they don't want the advertorial. They don't want to be tricked. They don't want to feel like they're don't want to be duped. Right. And so Mm -hmm. we, you know, it's show your work. If this is advertorial, if somebody's paid to have this message told to our readers, it has to be very clearly labeled as such and not implicitly labeled like, oh, well, they'll know that it's an ad because it has a logo on it. Well, no, they'll know it's an ad because it says advertising at the top. At the top, in the center, right there, it says advertising. And that's how they know, because we told them it's advertising. And so I think it's like, again, with things like, how did you decide who's on the top 40 under 40? Well, here's the work that we do. And here's the judging panel. And you can talk to them. And if you have more questions, here's our, our editor's email address. We don't hide that. We don't hide behind some facade. And here's how to find us. And we're really, we aim to be really easy to find. How for you as a leader in this organization, like managing that, because you're always leaning up against where culture is headed and where it's going and our tendency to be binary and I'm against this and you're, if you're for that, then I'm against you and that kind of a thing. How do you, you know, stay in check and balance with those trends? Because you you and I aren't big enough in our world to create (laughs) culture. We're often following it along on a roller coaster that we're on. Just thinking about the balance, even across the course of a year, how much of a, eye on the horizon you have to have to make sure you're kind of balancing off some of the things that are happening and some of the global, which is pushing people to be like, Oh, I can't trust anything or I can't trust anyone. And I'm going to become even more interned in my local beliefs. That feels like such an interesting balance, a bit nuanced, but it's very real from even this year to last year to two years ago, (laughs) talking about COVID for the way you write and the type of content you guys put out there. I mean, we don't cover the news, 
right? Like the capital to, in to, to, news. Totally. So we don't have that kind of piece <laughs> if bleed, of... If it bleeds, it leads, isn't that the... Yeah, thing? like we don't have that piece of this thing is is changing moment by moment in our coverage. Um, there are there are things where we're, enough, yeah, you're of kind of like, you start a story and you're like, okay, this, this is going to be dynamic. We need to make sure that we're fact-checking this later than we might normally. We need well, to make b- sure... Back to truth, right? Is everything we're saying actually true and can it be proven? Yeah, can it be proven and, and you know, show your work where you, 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 cite a, you just cite a statistic. I should be able to find that statistic too. It should be clear where that came from. Um, and our fact checkers go through that. Sometimes it drives our, our writers crazy because they're like, they're not necessarily used to that. If we're, we're working with a new freelancer, we're like, well, where did this stat come from? And they're like, I don't know. I found it on the internet. It's like, well, you can't use it in our magazine unless we can verify it. How many different writers would you work with on a, on a, on an issue? You know, it's, it's, I would not necessarily want to stay there because I've been out of the editorial role now for almost two okay, and a half years. Okay, fair enough. Um, and we've changed so much. Give me some, give me some guardrails, maybe guardrails. More than 20, less than 100? <laughs> In a year? Yeah, I'd say... I'd say that more than 20, less than a hundred. There were probably 20 writers involved in the top 40 issue, right? Not in the, in the one package, but in the whole issue. That's the biggest, probably the biggest issue of the year. Um, same with best. Well, back to your point about how you manage and do all of those writers are able to pull through to what your intent is as the brand and your promise to your reader. Like you said earlier, like Avenue makes a promise that this is how we're going to show up. This is why we're showing up that way. The writers, you know, it's no different than our world with creatives and writers. It still all has to align to the brand promise ultimately at the end of the day. Yeah. Or, or what, however you want to dress that up. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Where, what, and what's the balance between digital? Because obviously we're talking a lot in very traditional sense yeah. of like we have, we print X amount of issues, but you have a huge online presence as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Enormous and growing. Um, a little bit challenging right now to compare just because in the switch from the Google Analytics switch. The numbers, yep, like so, yes, GA four, and you're like, but how, like, how does this compare to last year? And they're like, yeah, I don't really worry about that. It's not really comparable. I just like, had that oh. conversation with a digital strategist yesterday. He's like, ah, it's hard to even write a year end report because we're comparing two completely different ways of looking at something. Yeah, and it is one of those things <laughs> yeah, where you're like, and, and yeah. that's been interesting when you go back to that question about is there trends in people changing their plans? I think that Google actually inadvertently really helped us with that because people are like, hold on. What do you mean there's a different way that you count? Like, what do you, <laughs> like 10 people. I thought is, one, two, one, right? plus, one plus one is two, but no. Like no. 10 people <laughs> is 10 people, but you're telling me that under GA4, it's five people. Like, how does that work? So I think that there's suddenly a lot of stuff where people are like, yes, digital is measurable. But if it measures something that I actually don't know what that is, it's still not helpful. <laughs> what do I do with said data? Yeah, really like what, and, and a can a bunch I, of numbers and yeah, can insights. I trust the data? Like suddenly you're telling me you changed the whole system because your system, which is the best system up until April, actually was garbage. Like, what am I supposed to do with that? <laughs> right. So mm, I think so, there's some interesting. But, but, pieces but I guess there. when you own the market, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> well, that's again. Um, yeah, you know, but that's another. That's a bigger. It's a bigger. It's a podcast for another day. <laughs> exactly. But I mean, I think that goes to your question about what are the what are the trends in media, and the trend has always been change. There is no one who's mm. always at the top, and um, at the end of the day. That's been our big learning in the last year is our job is to connect communities and audiences to help them live a more um, connected life in Calgary. They want to feel welcome here. They want to feel connected to their city. They want to know what's going on so they can go out to a festival, not feel like they missed out on things. They want to be able to know that they're when they go out for dinner, it's the best place that they could have gone right? Whatever best for them means that they have that information that, that we can provide them. And so when we start to think of ourselves as a social venture built for connection, rather than a legacy print publisher, it changes what we do and it changes what our main strategic concerns are. So our main strategic concern moves away from what are we going to do about print and digital to what is the best way to connect this audience with this current event or this thing that's happening in their community or with this person or organization. Um, and that becomes less about what are my feelings about paper? 
Um, and so, you know, I, I've always <laughs> said I didn't get into this industry for paper. I got into this for stories. And so I think print has probably has a very long future. Um, and the reason that I think that is based on brain science. So neurology, neurologically, we are better able to remember information that we read on paper than information that we read in digital. And so the type of message that you want people to remember for a long time is different, right? And so there's also that piece where people are like, well, you want everybody to remember everything forever. It's like, no, I don't actually need everybody to remember everything forever. If I want them to go buy tickets to the event that happens next week, I don't need them to remember that for three years. I need them to act on it in the next 20 minutes. That's a really great digital message. Go buy this ticket right now. And you can buy it online. Because the time, the time, because the time span is shorter. The time span is shorter, but also you're not trying to get them to switch media to do the thing that you want them to do. Right? You go, and this is one of the things that people are always like, but events aren't digital. Well, and an you're like, action, actually yeah, buying not, uh, uh, a yeah. ticket to an event is almost it's entirely digital. digital now. And so if you're trying to promote events, it should be primarily a digital ask. If you're trying to get people to remember your brand, that should be primarily a print brand, a print message at this time, right? That may change over time. There may be new things that come. But yeah, the as, other as we piece evolve of that, in different generations, of course. But yeah. And the other thing is that studies have shown, and you know, <laughs> I have to get you back. I'll give you the stats. I'll give you the reference. Uh, but you know, in the vernacular, <laughs> studies have shown um, that people also trust print more, and most of us that that kind of gut checks with what we've seen out there that we're like, yeah, if I read it in print, I trust it. I remember it. You know, often if you're an, if you're a notebook taker, you're a note taker on, on paper, you'll often remember even what side of the page you wrote a note on. And I'm very much that kind of person where it's, if I'm reading a book, I'll remember. I'm, I'm like, writing which down side. things you're saying right now. I was like, yeah. So I'm if, you're, if you go you, back and look for it, you'll remember it's on the left corner of what margin and you'll go back and find it. That's right. So like yes. you, so you, I, I resemble, I resemble that remark. <laughs> so you can, it kind of gut checks with what you know of yourself. And we also know how many of us have been scrolling through social media and read something and be like, I'm not, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about that one. I don't know about that one. Um, and so we know that that kind of, the data is out there, but also it kind of, it, it's, it passes the sniff test. <laughs> Back to the bullshit. Um, net new Calgary is growing like crazy. Mm -hmm. Best, like best, best place to be in my opinion on so many, on so many fronts, but also statistically, and I won't know exactly where to quote it, but our economy is booming 4.5% net new migration. How much of a role? And it seems to me, this is a perfect fit. I'm new to Calgary. I don't know what's going on. I can't take for granted what happens on what street where boom, your magazine, I it, contributing factor to, to the growth and the pickup. I, I Just think we've got so. more people here trying to figure out where they where they live now. I, I <laughs> what think this that's new part place? Of it. What, what's it? What's it? What's it? Calgary. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that it's interesting, right? When um, we've got forty five thousand copies, on one hand, that sounds like a lot, and on the other hand, when you're like the greater Calgary area is one point six million people now, so yeah, forty five thousand copies kind of small does not go very far. <laughs> Um, but I do think yeah, that's where the digital comes into it. We, and we take that role very seriously. We are working with a number of partners to try to expand that role specifically of, of how do we welcome new Calgarians? How do we not just move people in, you know, and there's, there is all, there's tons of issues around new migration into the city, um, around access mm -hmm. to services for immigrants, access to schools, access to affordable housing. That's not the area that Avenue can make a dent nope, into. You're the social side of, of their humanity. Well, and what we are is, okay, you move here. We want you to stay. We want you to feel welcome. We want you to be integrated into this community in a way that makes you feel, I'm a Calgarian. So I'm, you know, both of us are migrants to this area. Um, I've been here 100%. almost 20 years. Uh, it'll be 20 years next October. So, you know, I came and I thought I'll be here for a year. And that's what I told my partner at the time. One year, I give it one year and then we're going back to Toronto. This city has been so incredibly good to us, not just in terms of our careers, but in terms of how welcoming it was and, and continues to be. And I think that is something that we want to ensure is that we do our part 
to make it continue to be true that doors are open to people, that it doesn't matter who you know, it doesn't matter where you went to school, it doesn't matter um, what your parents did, that you can get in the door. It's That is a, an element of Calgary, a, a characteristic of Calgary that we need to closely guard and ensure continues to be true for Calgarians like, as they gr- come growth, growth can Growth can crush that if we're not careful, like just like more people and you're right. You, people, you you move here and you shall celebrate something for what it is, and then it slowly becomes something different. How deliberate do you have to be to maintain those things that are non-negotiables? Which I love, biggest small town ever. I say that over and over and over exactly. again. Exactly. All the things that that means to me, I still think it's true. But you're right. We do have to be deliberate about it. Well, and I think it's interesting too because I always I have <laughs> joked in the past, and I don't know if it's as stark as it was before, but I used to always joke that it was like you can when someone moves to Vancouver. Or they, you know, they've moved to Vancouver in the previous 10 years or whatever. They'll say like, yeah, I moved to Vancouver. It's it's pretty good. But it started to go downhill right after I got here. Like no matter when they moved to Vancouver, they're like, yeah, it started to go downhill. That's funny. I've not heard that. Right I've after I got I've here. I've had a lot of friends move. I've had a lot of friends move back yeah. in a relatively short periods of time. So yeah. yeah. And whereas Calgary, people would move to Calgary and say, yeah, you know, everything started to get a lot better right after we moved here. <laughs> and so, I moved here just before the boom. Yeah. I moved here just before something such as yeah, such a or like oh, we moved here and then this thing opened or this change happened. And and I think it's part. I think there's two elements to that. The first thing is that I think in part Vancouver is often um, sort of hindered by a reputation for being even more amazing than any city can actually possibly be that people are like, you can, you know, like you can go sailing and then you can go golfing and then you can go skiing all in the same day. And it's like, yeah, but you won't, you won't like that won't happen because you're going to have to be working really hard to be able to afford your Yaletown apartment. Like, you know what I mean? Like the life and the promise don't live up to each other. And people move to Calgary and they assume a lot of them assume I'm moving here for work. I'm moving here a job i'm moving here for an economic opportunity or right now people are moving here because they're like i heard it's cheap right and so they move here because they're like i heard it's cheap and then they're blown away by the incredible lifestyle and so they're like yeah i didn't know it's like they didn't if they didn't know that it was there they assume that it happened because they came or something <laughs> it's like that i think that was what like and then i got this job at an avenue and i made the whole city happen it's like obviously that's not the case but it was like i had this incredible opportunity <laughs> that's the movie that's the movie script yeah, that's yeah. The movie script. <laughs> <laughs> but i think that 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 opportunity that still exists for calgary to to punch above our weight to impress people when they get here I think we still have that opportunity and I think we just need to keep making sure that that's true. Mm. I could not agree with you more. Um, and how the sun. do you and your team? <laughs> and, uh, yes. The sun, to, the not, sun not, helps no, so it's, much. It's going to come out in a little bit. Yeah, I, It does. Absolutely. Yes, it absolutely does. When you travel somewhere, the weather will directly correlate to whether you, the time you had, I went to this place and it was beautiful or all oh, it rained every day. Yeah. Um, how do you and your team stay ahead of things? Cause I might read, avenue to hear what's going on but you're ahead of that curve you're <laughs> months ahead of that information we try. how where yeah and I, well that's key i'm looking at i'm looking for you to curate and gather and to tell me this story that i trust uh because you're a trusted partner and i also believe it to be true but how are you guys all you you gang you you all <laughs> collecting all that information and is it, it feels like a constant uphill run you gotta love it because you're always chasing oh, yeah. what's going on what's happening what do i need to know and it's almost like fashion you need to get your photo shoot done for that fall line back in the, in the spring of the other year to stay ahead of it. Yeah. So for us, I mean, we just launched our 2024, um, media kit, um, at the end of September. So, you know, it's not, that's not that long ahead for the January issue, but it's a long way ahead for the November issue. So thinking about (laughs) that, um, some of it to a certain extent, again, Avenue is not really, a trends magazine in a certain sense. Okay. Like we do cover, you know, I think with, with restaurants, it is that part of being like, okay, this is, um, these are the restaurants that are amazing right now. So there's that part. But I think for a lot of the stuff that we cover, even, even the issues based pieces that we cover, um, they're not, they're not the 10 minute trend. They're the thing that people are talking about and that we, you know, some of it, I wish that I could say that there was this like magic formula or that we did this, like we have this, there's this science behind it. The fact is that a lot of it is, 
This is what we're curious about. This is what we're spending a lot of time talking about. This is when we go out and we talk to people because we do spend a lot of time in community, right? We're, we're going to events. We're talking Having to people. conversations. Like, you yeah, know, and there is a certain it. part where you're like, if I hear this same thing from four very different people, that's a big issue in the city. That's a big mm-hmm. issue. That's, that's something cool. that we need to keep our eye on. And so a lot of times, you know, there's things that we just know that's going to be important, right? Housing, housing is important to Calgarians. It's going to be important for the next couple of years. That's not a, that's not, if, you know, if, we if, can, if not long, if not long, and there's certain things that you can write about at any time and you know that they're going to be interesting. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of not answering your question because there's, it's one of those things where it's like, well, how do you, how do you, how do you keep doing this? And it's like, because that's the job. The job is to predict what our readers will be um, delighted and surprised and to know in six months time. And when we do it well, well you also... we do it well. Mm-hmm. And when you kind of, you're, what you're always trying to do is like not be so far off that people are like, what are they talking about? Um, But I I would say too, (laughs) you know, there are certainly Calgarians who would say this is, you missed the mark on this one. Right. And, and we try our best. And I think part of it is we feel a huge responsibility to our readers to do our best and to, to provide nuance to information again, because we're not news. We're the, like, we're the thoughtful response down the road. We're not the, this just happened in council. We're the, hey, this thing happened in council and it reminds Which us is of a whole this different other, thing. That's a whole this different other thing and this other thing and brought together this thing that happened a year ago. This is where it's gone. What did you notice? Mm. And you, you obviously have your themes. You have top 40, you have yep. community, you have uh, the best communities to live in. You have the uh, restaurants like they're oh, that'll be great for that. Like, it does feel like there is a, like you, there is some structure and there's some guidance to it. And even as a reader, I'm like, oh, it's that issue. I'm going to grab it because I like yeah. that. And I remember that last year. I wonder how it's changed. There is some structure and format to it where you're not, like you said, you're being responsive to what's new and what's happening, but you do have some very clear guardrails. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think there's also things too, where you say like, so in 2020, we started our innovation issue. And um, mm-hmm. that was, you know, people had already been talking about innovation. It's not like we started that conversation, but it was becoming a growing conversation, which is why we dedicated an issue to it. And since then it has grown and grown. And we think, okay, this is something that we really, you know, we continue to do because we're getting such good response about it. And we, our readers are asking more and more. So we're going to be introducing an innovation newsletter. We have our innovation event. We have, so it's growing those things. Sometimes when you, you just notice the conversations out there, it keeps coming up then you follow it. So it's about following your curiosity, mm. right? Like that's the thing I think that's really exciting. Oh, I love it. It's my, it's my favorite word. I love curiosity. Yeah. And I think in my Calgary, favorite drug. it's my favorite drug. <laughs> there is a lot of opportunity. And with a magazine like Avenue, we're able to follow our curiosity in a number of different areas of coverage. So, you know, you mentioned fashion, home decor, um, neighborhoods, what's happening in neighborhoods. Neighborhoods right now, right right now are fascinating and we're not really sure we're noodling around that question of like what's the next piece of coverage around neighborhoods um because the way the city is relating to neighborhoods with the local area plans instead of the um area redevelopment plans Mm -hmm. like there's all these things that happen um that change how we live in the communities that we live in and also how we define like who gets to decide where the borders of a community are and what are those borders used for? Like anytime, anytime there's that kind of border to me, that's very curious. Why has someone set this? Like, why does the municipality decide this street is the edge of this community? And what is that? What's the function of that? And so sometimes there's questions too, that we have and we like follow them and then we're like, no, nobody cares about this. Uh, and then the ones that we think have the most interest, <laughs> right? Because that is part of the thing too, is you probably 10% of what we look into ends up being a story either in print or in digital, because there's just so much that you look into and then you're like, nope, no story there. But there was something, but no, nope, not interesting. Um, and that's, that's what's helpful, right? Or, 
or there's something interesting, but that information is already conveyed somewhere else better than what we can do. Right. So again, it's part of that thing of, you know, you need to bring, you need to be adding to the conversation. I love that. So if someone's already done it, we don't need to reinvent that wheel. So in, in your, in your bubble, Mm -hmm. in your role, talked about adding innovation week back in 2020 because uh, it was like, oh, I was just curious. I'm hearing this conversation. What, what, what are you seeing percolating? Like what's on your curiosity list now? This is where we're getting out the crystal yeah. ball and go, well, hmm. I, I do think what's what, 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 what are you curious about? I do think this question around neighborhoods, uh, around community involvement. I think there's some really interesting questions happening right now about the intersection between the needs of future Calgarians and the needs and desires of Calgarians who are here already and where those intersect Um, because it's not all or one, right? Because the Calgarians who are here already are the Calgarians who have building, are building businesses who want new Calgarians to join as well. It's not an us versus them. It's a, it's a different perspective almost. Um, So I think that's a Mm -hmm. curious, that's an area I'm curious about. I'm curious about, um, how we're going to redevelop philanthropy and charitable giving. Um, I don't know that that's on a lot of people's radars that, that the pandemic really changed the game for fundraising galas, for example. Um, People are that volunteer base kind of fell away, but we also have a change and this is a long time coming. This is not a new thing. We have a a sea change about to happen again um, around volunteers who are about to retire (laughs) So either may have a whole bunch more time, right? The baby boomers may have, we may have this glut of extra seniors who want to volunteer for 40 hours instead of their 10 hours that they've been giving. Um, But we also know that the sort of social makeup of people in their career years has changed a lot. So we had that change, you know, through the 90s when the majority of women were coming to work. um, And suddenly, you know, that changed the economic of families. So you suddenly had two incomes coming into a family, but you also had now you didn't have a full-time caregiver at home waiting around to do some volunteer work for school or volunteer work in their community or all of those things that have kind of historically been really supplemented by volunteer work. Um, And the service, you know, the service clubs. So things like the Rotary and the Rotary is, you know, kind of one of the last of the the legacy service clubs that that really is still functioning. Um, But just Mm -hmm. how how are those groups going to continue and what a what makes them relevant? But B, how do they actually function? Like there are very few entrepreneurs, which is primarily where Rotary pulled its membership from. Who have. And, you know, two hours to go to a lunch every week to hear from the Rotary Club, let alone it's, adding it's on why top I of didn't, that. It's why I didn't, I didn't join. It's right. why I didn't and join. Then, like, I just don't have that kind of time. And then on top of that, the volunteer <laughs> commitment for the actual service that the Rotary does. So I think I'm curious about that too, right? What What is going to happen with charitable giving? That's What's going to happen with volunteering? What's going to happen with philanthropy? And then I, I, you know, we have a niche within our um, content studio where we also cover a lot of health and wellness. Um, so we do the magazine, as I mentioned, for for Alberta Cancer Foundation, that's Leap Magazine. Great group of folks to work with. Great uh, local charity. Um, and we do some work with the Prostate Cancer Center and some other organizations. A lot is changing in healthcare. And we know, again, getting back to the difference between news and and these kind of longer term questions, we obviously (laughs) saw some big announcements Mm -hmm. from our provincial government about changes to the sort of um, administrative levels of our healthcare, but also in terms of just how are we going to deliver care to a growing population? Um, how are we going to ensure that new information about healthcare gets out to the service providers in a timely manner? I think there's a lot that we could learn from the province had a very, I believe, successful change to incorporate midwifery about 15 years ago. Um, that's an excellent level of care for the majority of pregnancies that are not problem pregnancies. Is there a model that could be followed that's similar to that 
for primary care, right? Do we all need to go see a GP when we have a tickle in our throat? Do we need to see a GP when we need a, a prescription refill? Do we need to see a GP when we need a sick note from school, right? Is there somebody, can there be kind of better triage of that and a change in the hierarchy and approach to healthcare? Um, because we know that the fix is not going to be just throw a lot more money in there. That hasn't really worked out. No. So I think that's, and again, so, that's and another sooner thing or later, that, that's, that strategy runs out. That's those are very, those are all about. incredibly juicy. T- those are incredibly juicy topics. I'm so glad I asked you. <laughs> I love curiosity. And I love curious people. Those all into each of their own could have a huge dialogue around it. I love it. Uh, Kate, it's so fun to have you on and like, just get to know you a little bit and understand your your approach mm-hmm. and why mm-hmm. and your involvement and the role like i love i love avenue more now than i did at the beginning of this call oh. yeah, so you did an excellent <laughs> job with that thank you well i love it why i started this podcast was literally i'm like oh there's so many things happening but they're not getting told there's mm-hmm. this great success mm-hmm. story so i kind of started it uh, got talked into it by a friend another another story but it was about you know if you don't think there's anything going on in calgary it's because you're not really paying attention but some of those stories in the business community that i was seeing that were great weren't seeing the light of day so there's some parallels just around the, your sense of community and your sense of trust and truth i love all that and i've picked up the magazine for years but to really understand your why behind it and why you've kind of taken your relationship with the magazine to the next level i think that was really uh i got a lot out of it so i hope the audience did as well yeah and i think you know that's an interesting element there is that that side of media that's come about that is individual people doing storytelling through podcasts or through blogs or through social media. And that is an incredibly valuable piece of the current media landscape. We just don't know quite, and this is, this is not from the business perspective. This is just my curiosity about media and about connection. And so I'm, I'm really curious as well about what the whole media landscape of this city is but also what is a necessary, like what's a good ecosystem of storytelling? What's a good, what's a healthy landscape look look like? like? And so what is the mix of individual people doing blogs and individual people um, doing podcasts and, and what is the capacity to help find those? Like one often part of the challenge with people's podcasts is it's just hard to find them. So we have a podcast highlight Mm -hmm. within the magazine that's, Hey, here's a whole local podcast. Go check it out. Um, but similarly, one of the challenges is it's so it's so spread out. It's hard to find consistency. Um, and again, that part where you're like, okay, but so why are you telling me this? Why are you, what's the, what's the impetus behind mm-hmm. the individual piece? And some of them like yours, where you're, you're sharing stories, um, those are, those are great because you're just like, I want, I want to share these stories. I want to be able to hear these stories and I want to share the business community. And there's others where it's like, oh, we shared this story because they paid us. And it's not always clear, right? There's a lot out there where, um, you know, and I get calls from them sometimes it's like, Hey, would you love to come? Would you like to come on our podcast? Okay. What's the podcast about? It's always oh, this and it's this. And, um, you know, if I haven't heard of it, um, you know, here's, here's where it is and here's where you find it. And you go and you look and you're like, this is an odd selection of companies. <laughs> and then you kind of get down the road a little bit further and they're like, yes. Yeah, so it's $300 if you want this package and it's $500 if you want this package. And it's like, oh, okay. I see. I, I see. understand <laughs> what's going on. And sometimes that's worth it. Right. So for some organizations, that's worth it for us. It's like, if it's not clear to the listener, that's a no-go for us. Mm, yep. I appreciate that. Mm. And it's the, that's, that's the funny as we brought this forward with a very altruistic, like I want to engage and form a diverse and inclusive Western Canadian economy. And I'm starting with Calgary because that's, that's where I hang out and where I love. And I believe it did better and grew an audience faster because that was the intent. There was no hidden agenda. <laughs> it was right out there on, on my sleeves at the first front. Be like, oh, are you gonna are you gonna make it about marketing or use it to promote your business? I'm like, absolutely not, because I'll get six followers if I'm lucky. Yeah. I'm gonna do it to elevate the city that I live in that I love. And I've fell in love with the city more because of engaging with it that way. So win win. All the I do this if nobody listened, as I yeah. joke many, many times. <laughs> but but it does show up differently. Those first five minutes you're listening, you're like, oh, it's that kind of a podcast. I yeah. see. And that doesn't mean it's wrong, but it puts it in a different category back to advertisement written across the top. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Is that necessary in a complete landscape? Maybe it's always going to exist. Is it necessary? Well, that's up for you. As no, and I think, but I think that's interesting, right? And we're we're trying to find out: is there a way that we could create some sort of audit of the media landscape? And again, mm-hmm. that's not from the perspective of the business owner. That's more from like, hey, if our job again is to connect Calgarians, where are the potential dangers? Where are the potential gaps? You know, like, oh yeah, there's lots of podcasts. Well, are the podcasts representing a, a diverse range of the city or are podcasts course, primarily yeah. in one area of the city, whether that's, you know, a, a topic area, like a business type podcast, or mm-hmm. is it a geographic area? Like, oh yeah, there's lots of podcasts that are about the downtown. It, what are the different types of types of diversities, right? We want to have a diversity of diversity so that we're covering a lot <laughs> of different interest groups, a lot of different communities, a lot of different backgrounds, and that those are all coming up. Again, any one source can't do all of that. So can we look? No, nor should it. Nor should it try. No, if it tries, it's going to be. It's going to have ADD, and you as the audience, like, who are you? And yeah, who is we're, this for? We're very complex individuals, and there's many versions of me that likes different information at different times. But how do I know where to find it, and whether I can, whether it's truth and trustworthy, is another conversation too. Yeah, so I appreciate yeah. that. It's there is not there is not one con, one platform to rule them all. Yeah, no, certainly not. <laughs> uh, I loved having you on. Okay, everyone knows how to find you. It's Avenue. Do you have a preferred? That's my favorite question these days. Yes, it's LinkedIn. Send me a smoke signal. Send me a carrier <laughs> pigeon. I don't know. Do you have a, do you have a preferred way of communicating if somebody wants to reach out to you? You know, LinkedIn is good. Um, I cool. that's a good spot for me. But you know, I'm I'm kind of old school. Although it's again going back to what what are the trends? Email is fantastic. Like just and that's why in all of our publications. We list the staff's email. You can get a hold of all of us. So I'm Kay Lemon at redpointmedia.ca. That is the number one best way as a rule, right? Because if it's like, oh, I, I, the quick hit LinkedIn, like, hey, are you coming to this? But it's, if you're trying to send me a sponsorship request or you're trying to find out about Avenues Media Kit or you're trying to, you know, just say hi or set up a meeting, all of that can be handled through email right? You have a pitch, whatever it is. And what's great about email, I can forward it. If you sent me something and I'm like, I'm not really the person who handles this, <laughs> I can forward it to the person who is. Um, so we try to be super, super easy to reach via email because it's also like, you don't have to go set up a LinkedIn profile to reach me by email. You could just, you can just an email send you me an email. Um, and again, you know, where our email addresses are on the website, they're in the magazine in the masthead, which lists all the people who, who worked on the publications. Um, but yeah, Kay Lemon at redpointmedia.ca. I love it. Mic drop moment. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on. It was it was an absolute pleasure chatting with you, learning more, and falling just a little bit more in love with Avenue Magazine Thank and you. Red Point. So thank you. Thank you. you.